for Larry Knows Sports. My guest tonight, the Badger of San Diego, the Chicken of Sacramento, the King of Milwaukee, Marcus Dog Haugen. And I'm your host, Larry the August 18th, 6.03 p.m. We're very close to the dog days of summer. Would you call these the dog days? Are they the dog days of August or dog days of summer? I, I, well, just as you said it, I was like, I guess I don't know the actual window that is the dog days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these are... You, if they aren't the dog days, you can certainly hear some bow wows off. In the <laughs> yeah, we're we're this is pre dog. Yeah. So maybe um. Yeah, this is little bow wow rather than bow wow, bow wow days. All right, I think we figured it out. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk some baseball for you tonight. Um, but this is not baseball tonight. This is Larry No Sports, a very similar show. Basically the same. Basically the same thing. John Cruck used to be a member of both shows, as did Harry yeah. Reynolds. I mean, I didn't know if you wanted to get into your old falling out with John Cruck. But. Yeah, I, it was, <laughs> I don't know. I, at first I talked, I was like, everybody with two testicles, put your nuts on the table. And he, yeah, didn't, he and, didn't like you that. know, of course, this was pre-HR at Larry No Sports. Right. We're much better off for having an HR department yeah. now. And I apologize, Cruck. Rucky, if you're listening out there, I apologize. Um, have you ever seen that video where Randy Johnson like throws that fastball above his head? Maybe. It's worth YouTubing. He like it's at an all-star game and a like a pitch gets away from Randy Johnson and just goes like a hundred miles an hour over the top of John Cruck's head. And then he essentially like will barely stand in the batter's box to finish the at-bat. Wow. Uh, so this is all-star game. Uh, Randy Johnson, John Cruck, all-star game. Here we go. The thing that's different about a Verbo vacation home? Yeah? You always have the whole place to yourself. Ah, uh, Verbo is a great, you great way you. to get a house all to yourself. Whoa! Fanning himself off. Johnson has had pitches clocked at as much as 102 miles per hour in Major League play. Now that, this ball uh, obviously just getting away from him, but watch the reaction of John Cruck. Would you yeah. say his heart is palpitating a bit? When the second half resumes on Thursday. <laughs> He's just like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't He's blame John completely Wood uninterested. 
<laughs> he's just like standing on the way back. He wants no part of Randy Johnson. None. Isn't this kind of response? I don't think so. It's just like, please strike me out. And Johnson works a one, two, three inning. Yeah, and um, <laughs> that was probably <laughs> less terrifying for him than when we decided to have a testicle counting competition. Manhattan oh. Mini Storage has space for you. Well, listen, Manhattan Mini Storage, you got no space on this show. Uh, oh. It was nice hearing Vin Scully's voice. It did say Scully. I don't know if that was Scully. The recently departed. Not sure either. Recently departed Scully. Uh the goat of announcing really a treasure. Yeah. Okay. San Diego Padres now. Yes. Um, last we talked, we were feeling pretty good. Yes. <laughs> we were feeling our nuts. We were talking about Soto. It's and true. We had both our nuts on the table. <laughs> yeah. Feel like uh, didn't worry at all about any hammers coming down on the table. No, we were as carefree as could be. Little did we know that our nuts were actually shriveled up nuts from performance-enhancing drugs. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, those were the early days of summer before these dog days where we, we shriveled up like a prune. Yeah, the like puppy a, days. The puppy, yeah. Now we're, we're as, we look as frightened as John Cruck in that batter's box. It's true. So, Tatis... Starts a rehab assignment. Looks like he's going to come back after the Soto trade. All is good. Padres are roaring. They're going to have a great lineup. And he gets busted for PEDs. 80-day suspension. He's not even appealing. So clearly he did it. He said it was for ringworm, but I don't think it was for ringworm. Yeah, that seems to be like... It'd be weirder if anyone who got caught doing this stuff said that it wasn't just like an accident with some medication ingredient. Right, right. Because if it was an accident, like, you should appeal it. But... Yeah. Yeah. If there's no, like, malicious intent... I mean, I guess I don't know the rules enough mm-hmm. to be like, oh, does intent matter at all? But right. I don't know. He, has, he should go to the MLB offices, show them his ringworm. <laughs> yeah. Take off his shirt. Show him that nasty-looking infection on the side of his abdomen, and just and then make make uh, Manfred touch it so he knows it's yes. real. That's then what it'd I, be indisputable. Yeah, and it's like, okay, Manfred, you touched the ringworm. Now you've got it. Let's see you yeah. get rid of it. Yeah, try to get rid of it. <laughs> and if he could get rid of it without that uh, that steroid cream, then, then that serves the the suspension. But if not, yeah. Suspension is cut in half. I think that's fair. Yeah. So this already came after Tatis injured his wrist on a motor, doing doing wheelies on a motorcycle. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, uh, and my understanding too is that like the at least the talk when it happened was oh if the MLB hadn't been having this labor issue the team doctors would have caught this and it wouldn't have been a big problem, but he did this, didn't go to a doctor, even though his wrist probably was huge and swollen and purple. It just was like, Oh, well I'll just keep living my life. And it made yeah. it much, much worse. 
So very bad decisions. Lots of very bad decisions in a row. And, and he, he never got shoulder surgery for his torn labrum from now like two years ago. And makes you wonder if he's still maybe needs to repair that shoulder or and like kind of wasted a year where he could have easily gotten the surgery. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got time now, so I imagine why not just schedule it he, and do it now? You should do it now because he's going to be out for the first 40, ga- 40 games, I guess, of next season, something like yeah. that. Um, but anyway, it, it makes me think of the the argument he and Manny Machado had in the dugout towards the end of last year where um, – do you remember what I'm talking about? Where where Manny kind of erupted at him and said something to the effect of like, "It's not about you, like oh, go yes. out there and play baseball." And I think like the team has kind of had it with him. Um, but on you know on the play side, supposedly he's very remorseful. Maybe he'll learn from this, and because he's extremely young. Um, and I hope the takeaway is like these windows and both for him in terms of when he's in his prime and when he's a great baseball player for the team he's on, he's not always going to be on a great team that's competing for a championship. I mean, Manny Machado, I feel so bad for him. He's having such a good year and playing his ass off. Um, and not that he's old, but he's like, he's close to 30. So his time is a little limited. You just don't know how long these windows are going to last. It's not going to, be forever and it's not about you Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, it's true. I mean, especially like the motorcycle thing. Um I feel like I wonder a little bit if the steroid thing was even him trying to like rush back because he mm-hmm. wanted to help. And there was a certain pressure when everyone but Manny Machado kind of sucks at hitting the ball. Yeah. But yeah, I you know, it's not like I'm the first person to say this, but like, you know, sometimes we forget how young these guys are, especially yeah. like Fernando Tatis, who not only is super young, but has already gotten the contract that's going to cover most of his career. So he doesn't have that incentive to sort of be careful, you know, wait till you prove yourself to like let yourself go a little bit, which probably some young guys do be like, especially in baseball where you don't really get paid until you've like gone through your team control years. I'm sure there are guys who are like, I would do this, but I'm still under team control. Mm -hmm. So no, like he's gotten his $350 million contract or whatever. So I think he probably doesn't feel that there's that same risk hopping on a motorcycle or doing whatever. And yeah, you know, he's young. This is a huge mistake. Um, kind of makes it more obvious how much we take Juan Soto for granted, who I don't think has like ever done anything wrong in his life and is right. basically the same age. And who has not gotten his big contract yet. No, also true. They, maybe maybe he's just waiting for his motorcycle moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it's, it's all very true. Uh, that uh, hopefully it's a learning experience for Tatis. And it, it did sort of seem that way. And that's sort of, it was interesting hearing comments from Machado and Clevenger. Uh, for one, because Clevenger, it seems like 
has only really been playing for this team this year. I know he was traded for earlier, but had Tommy John surgery. Um, but he seems like he's one of the guys in the dugout and was talking shit about Tatis. Not talking shit, but saying like that it was selfish and you know, hopefully he learns from it. And then Machado was saying similar things and saying like, you know what? I trust the guys in the dugout we have now. We don't need him. And it's yeah, like, I don't think Machado likes him. Yeah. And I think, you know, probably like Machado to a certain extent has like more of a leg to stand on than most people. Cause Machado came up super young, never mm-hmm. had any of this type of drama, just went out, played for those Orioles teams. I guess there were a couple of good ones, but yeah. kind of toiled in Baltimore and just like absolutely crushed it for years with no problems. And here's this guy who like, what's he played total probably like 200 games and there's been lots yeah. of drama in between. So and it's probably like a little resentful that he this kid got this three hundred million dollar contract or whatever it was. Yeah, um, it's, he definitely doesn't like him. And Machado knows, like you know, you got to take advantage of these years. He's trying to win a championship now. Yeah, so it's true. How how do you feel about you know they're they're obviously not one of the top three or four teams in the majors. Um, they're not even a sure thing to make the wild card, though. They're they're playing all right, and once you get in the playoffs, kind of anything could happen. How do you like their chances this year? I still think that they've got a pretty like. I would be surprised if they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I think. It's been sort of up and down recently, but there's been like a lot of, you know, churn of the roster and then this added distraction drama and baseball is such a game of sort of rhythm and consistency that I do think that stuff can really throw you off. So my guess is that I'm hoping like in the next week or so they start sort of finding a stride again and, you know, they'll be a playoff team. I think it's really unfortunate that this happened this year because, you know, like you said, the playoffs, the whole idea of the 162 game season is that you need a huge sample size to correct for like abnormalities Mm -hmm. in baseball. So, you know, them up against the Dodgers or the Mets or the Astros or whoever in seven games, they absolutely could win four out of seven against any of those teams. Baseball is such a random game. They're not a bad team by any means, but this was, I think part of the reason Manny's probably so mad is that like, this was really the go for it year, you mm-hmm. know? Um, not that he's been like lighting the world on fire so far on the Padres, but like Josh Bell is going to be gone next year, probably. Uh, Brandon Drury, who I know last time we talked about, I was mm. sort of skeptical, but he's been the most effective acquisition so far. Yeah. Grand um, slam in going. his first game. Yeah. So, like, he came in, picked up right, like, where how he was going with the Reds. So, there's a lot of sort of mercenary players on this team because they were bringing them in and saying, let's lock up the wild card and then have a really good roster and see what happens. But those guys are gone. And now some of those complimentary pieces, like less so Hosmer, but Luke Voigt is a valuable piece. So mm-hmm. he's gone and who replaces him next year? The offense is going to be a problem. Even once Tatis comes back, this was 
probably the strongest version of this team, at least. Yeah, and the trade they made for Soto, I mean, Soto is still under team control next year, so it's not like it's yeah. this year do or die, but they traded all their top young prospects for him, as we talked about last time. So the t- the franchise is really going all in for it, and you know Preller and whoever the owner is that we looked up last time. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's my favorite of all. Bank guy, yeah. Bank man, <laughs> very memorable. Um, <laughs> uh, they they gotta they gotta be pissed as well. But they're yeah. I'm sure I haven't at least at least I haven't heard anything that, that they're probably still gonna pay Tatis. For his salary this year, right? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, he, that's the other thing about the Machado tension too is that Machado, Tatis, the Padres ownership at the very least, if not the front office manager, etc. Like they're in this for the long haul. Machado's still got, I think, seven years, mm-hmm. six years. Tatis has like another thirteen or something. Like unless something really drastic happens, they're going to be at least co-workers for a long time. (laughs) So I think at this point, stiffing him on his salary is probably not a good idea. Right. Yeah. I think I do wonder about the suspension if, if teams are allowed to not pay during that, but they probably do just because you want to keep the goodwill. And they want to, Tatis is still one of the top young players in all of baseball, one of the most valuable contracts in all of baseball. So you want to just keep him around and keep him happy. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know, given the problems that have happened already, to a certain extent, keep him motivated. Who knows what happens if you go, well, we're not paying you. And then he's like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to get myself prepped to come back. 40 games into next season or whatever it will be. So it's tough. I mean, I certainly was not mature at his age. So, you know, like (laughs) you're just, it's this weird thing where there's like millions and millions of dollars on the line, but sometimes you're working with essentially kids. Yeah. I remember when I pissed on $10 million when I was a kid. Oh yeah, you know we all we all get our big three hundred million dollar contract and blow through it. It's just part of growing. It's up. part of growing up. Every kid should get a chance to do that. Yeah, someday. <laughs> they always say it's your second three hundred million that you really appreciate. Yeah, you need that second act where someone else pays you three hundred million to <laughs> play a game. Yeah, yeah, because it's so easy. Like Brewster's Millions, that movie is so dumb. How easy yeah. is it to blow through $10 million or whatever it was? Oh, yeah. It's gone in a day or two the way we were living. <laughs> just buy, like, just go to a, an Italian restaurant that's not the Olive Garden where the bowls aren't endless and you have to pay for every bowl. Like, you'll you'll be gone. Yeah. Pretty You'd quickly. be surprised how quick it wraps or it uh, ramps up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you've got a bottomless stomach. Yes, that's true. To just, you know, hook me up to my little portable curtain (laughs) toilet thing. I've been here for the long haul. Yeah, we need to make a reboot of that movie where that's the kind of the the (laughs) contraption. 
Yeah, that's that's the sort of stuff modern audiences go for. It's not, you know, intelligent or stuff with heart. It's a guy endlessly <laughs> eating and shitting at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> it's what that guy in the movie Seven should have done, where he was forced to eat pasta until he exploded. Yeah, it's true. He honestly was the biggest villain for being so stupid and not having a good strategy. <laughs> not having a behind-the-curtain shitting strategy. Because he was the first guy, right? Imagine if he had been unkillable. No one else would have died. <laughs> yeah, he, he's responsible for the other deaths. Oh, man. Yeah, if he just would have pooped like he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a totally different movie. And Kevin Spacey's career would have been totally different. I think if Kevin Spacey hadn't seemed like he was so smart in that movie, right. he would have been like, hmm, maybe I need to sort of re-examine the other things I'm thinking about. Yeah, and would have been a much yeah less abusive person in his personal yes. life. It's that guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. He, and it, it's that guy, too, because he improvised that scene. Yeah, he was like, oh, wait, what if I died in this? And they were <laughs> like, oh, geez, I guess we'll have to do some rewrites to the rest of the script. But he's like, no, I'm too tired. I don't want to poop. And, but the director is just like, yeah, this is good. We got to we gotta go with it. Um, have you ever seen the Mr. Show sketch with um, basically the, the restaurant is so fancy that they don't have a bathroom? Don't think so. Yeah, but it's it's kind of yeah. like what we were just talking about. They don't have a bathroom, so some attendant comes to you and helps you shit in your chair at the table. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that can be in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, we could uh, we could consult with their team of writers. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of a team that's not shit, uh, the New York Mets um, continue to play really well they won four to five against the Braves though they lost two against the Braves one last night um they're looking good and uh and you gotta say say like Lindor at least this year the contract's looking good yeah although I, I, it's been a minute since I looked but it looked like he slowed down a little bit at least offensively mm-hmm. so yeah it's I like think- their um their lineup is whack. It shows like both I don't know, it's interesting. Like cuz Buckshaw Walter is probably a fairly old school manager yeah. and not into the new way of, you know, maximizing at bats for your top hitters. Like Pete yeah. Alonso hits fourth. Um Jeff McNeil who's pretty good at least in getting on date, he was an all-star again this year. Um, he hits sixth. It's like, it's kind of nuts. Um, Lindor hits third. But all that being said, I, I guess it's all those advantages you get from the differences in the lineup and analytics is probably very minimal. And it's all just at the margins. It makes a difference. Yeah, I think... In general, it seems like aside from like the Rays, no one is really like shuffling things around enough or effectively enough to like squeeze out mm-hmm. substantial different performance. Like I think if you just like took 
whatever the best like nine hitters are for the Rays and more or less set it or forget it, they'd be pretty awful and tried to like pitch their guys all normal starter like old school starters, they'd be bad. But mm-hmm. like it don't I think the Mets have so much talent that you know what like a little bit of lost efficiency here and there really isn't enough to make a difference. Yeah. And it's probably going to be the story for them in the playoffs with they're just their two aces, uh, assuming DeGrom stays healthy. Like, you look at this this series they're in right now against the Braves. It's a four-game series. They lost the first two. But you always know, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom are coming. So Scherzer, they win pretty convincingly last night. And then DeGrom's on the mound tonight. So you're always you always have those two to rely on. Yeah, it's such an advantage. And, you know, if they set things up right, it's like that's half the games you need to win in any series. Like, that's tough. Do you think, um, what do you think of the Dodgers the rest of the season with their pitching injuries, even though they continue to play very well? Yeah, I think they're... I think it's probably too much. I just don't think they have the top line starters to really make a great playoff rotation at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, is it is it Urias or Urias? I know guys have it. <laughs> it's Julio, it's Urias. Urias. Um, he's actually been better recently, which uh-huh. I think is really good news for them because he. I, the story with him for so much of this year was like his velocity's down. It seems like despite them sort of kid gloving him for years, he's his arms wearing out and Mm. then it popped back up like in the last month or so. So maybe he's actually going to be a more valuable piece than he's looked like for most of this year, Um, which is good because Walker Bueller out for the year, definitely disappointing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I do think that it's really hard for me to believe that they're going to beat the Mets, but They've got enough pitching to keep them in the game and like give them a shot. The same way the Padres were kind of like, hey, in seven games, really anyone can win four out of seven against anyone. So they're going to kind of have to patch together. I think so. Their rotation. Yeah, I guess Idrius is going to be, I guess their top. Well, Clayton Kershaw, if he's back, will be their top starter. Yes. Then Urias, and then Brett May, I think, is coming back now. Tony Gonsolin's had a really good year. Okay. Um, but he's been super inconsistent in years past. I wouldn't feel good about, like, Tony Gonsolin uh, if he has to be a top-two starter. Mm-hmm. If he's more of a three or, like, a, you know, a four-inning, fourth-game guy, and you're kind of bullpenning it, like, then I'd feel pretty safe. But if Tony Gonsolin is like starting a elimination game for you, it's not good. Yeah. And that's another advantage for the Padres. Uh, why they might do well in these playoffs is just, they have a good four man rotation. It's true. Although I, this is like the other thing, like we talked about Machado getting older, but like you Darvish is very old. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to, he's held up really well this year. Like he's had a good season, but then it's like, well, next year when Tatis is there, you have to count on another good season from ever older you Darvish. Mm-hmm. 
Has Darvish won a World Series? Maybe with Red Sox? Was he? I don't think so. I think yeah. he he definitely got like knocked around that one year he like got traded to LA. Right. And they played they lost to the Astros. Was he on the Cubs when they won their World Series? Or was uh, that after? He might have been, yeah. Yeah. If he did, I think that would be where. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely I mean, John Lester was on that team. So yeah, probably you Darvish there. Uh, yeah, maybe this year. He's he's pitching well this year. Blake Snell is back to pitching well. Clevenger has been pitching very well. Yeah, although and, Clevenger has been having problems the last couple of go-arounds. Like, yeah. Yeah, like the, I feel like for most of the season, the thing has kind of been uh, that the strikeouts aren't there, but he's at least getting enough control. But he's walked four guys in both of his last two starts, and it's mm-hmm. kind of nasty. So... It's tough. He's coming back from Tommy John, and I hope it bounces back up, but it's just possible that he's just kind of like doesn't have the arm stamina to go a whole season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe he could skip a start or something, but it's it's yeah. true because this is like his first full year back. Right. Uh, Musgrove has kind of also hit a little bit of a wall. It looks Gresham like. there too, yeah. But For whatever of, reason, the Rockies seem to have his number. Like they knocked him <laughs> around at Coors and in San Diego. So well, yeah. I don't know. Though speaking of old and stamina and all that stuff, uh, uh, it's just pretty amazing how Justin Verlander has held up. I mean, he's probably going to win another Cy Young. I don't think so. Yeah, I, and I, he probably gets a little bit of a boost from in the voting from name recognition. Yeah, and the narrative is more fun than. Dylan Cease or whoever mm-hmm. the runner-up is going to be like it's just like it's not exciting for Dylan Cease to win it whereas like Dinosaur Justin Verlander winning is kind of fun <laughs> yeah Dinosaur Justin Dinosaur Senior ooh that's cool <laughs> um okay so yeah let's 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 uh talk about the awards quickly so probably Verlander for Cy Young in the AL I would think so yeah MVP in the AL, uh, it's got to be Aaron Judge. Yes. Rookie of the Year, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, okay. National League side, um, Rookie of the Year, would it be Strider? Yeah, he's been good for a while, hasn't he? I know he was sort of up and down at the start. Yeah, or, or maybe it'll be the other Brave, Harris. Yeah. Pretty amazing how this, this team that just won the World Series and is pretty easily back in the mix in the playoffs has like these two phenomenal rookies. They just, I mean, that's got to yeah. be the team, the franchise most likely to win the most amount of championships in the next few years, or it's up there for sure with all the guys they have locked up. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sucks because it's the Braves. Um but maybe hopefully this time, for them, hopefully this time they actually win some World Series and don't just get there every year. Yeah, it's true. Um, Who knows? So, uh, Cy Young in the NL. Um, who's kind of favored there? You know, I honestly don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm like racking my head about who's had a good season. I feel like it's been much less obvious. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe Alcantara. 
Yeah, that's a good guess. Okay. Yeah, I know he's been consistently good. Yeah, and MVP. Um, who who is it there? I kind of. Goldschmidt, maybe? Mm, that's an interesting one. That's a guy with some old man skills. That is I guess very true. Arenado also has been really good, right? Arenado's also been really good. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I like pulled up the numbers. I'm also now. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll double down on Goldschmidt. Okay. I think that's what's going. Goldschmidt. Yeah, St. Louis is just always good somehow. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. That too. <laughs> or just like they like seem to just pull these like random guys out of nowhere. Yeah. And they always have it's always, it's the same thing like that with them. Like going back yeah. to the LaRusa years. Um <laughs> I know LaRusa gets a lot of shit. It's, it's amazing that he's still managing because I think he's like 90. Um, but he got shit for <laughs> intentionally walking a guy with a strike, with two strikes. Oh, yeah. I've got, um, like, a lot of my friends from when I was living in Chicago, like, they're all White Sox fans. They all hate him so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, that team just seems to have been snake-bitten this year. Like, I don't think he was going to manage them into being a contender as bad as some of the injury stuff or just pitching regression, but... I don't know. It was it was very funny earlier in the year, because um, I think Larusa, like he's gone to some right wing things before, like some Trump rallies and stuff. Yeah. And earlier in the year, when Tim Anderson and um, Donaldson and Donaldson had that feud. Like Larusa had Larusa had his players back, and he's like Donaldson said a racist thing, but like I wonder if inside he was like, "Oh, I hate that I have to do this." <laughs> Just their gritted teeth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know those guys. Like, I feel like there's a lot of you know, especially like Larusa does have to like, even before he came on at the White Sox, have to interact with like young people of color, and mm-hmm. I feel like it like gets complicated in this weird way where like yes you know if they're presented with a thing right in front of their face they'll kind of be like oh okay i see why that's bad but then i'm sure if you talk to him about systematic racism yeah. he would have be like absolutely doesn't exist right like on the individual level he's probably not a racist um and has had to deal with yeah young people of color so long for so many so many decades, but but yeah, if you talk to him about some systemic racism, yeah, then he'd, he'd just be like, no. He probably like loves all these players that play for all these like Latin American players, but probably is like against immigration. Yes, that like, sounds exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see for the Mets Brett Batty in his first at bat last night? Hit a homer, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was really uh, endearing to watch his parents. In the, yeah, in the that's stands. been very fun. I feel like we've had some good, like, uh, sibling matchup things, too, this summer. 
like the parents wearing the two jerseys from their different siblings playing against each other. Oh, does he have a brother on the Braves? Oh no, it was just the the endearing watching the parents. Thing oh right, 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 right. Okay, like the Nola brothers. The Nola brothers or um, Edwin Diaz. His brother plays in Cincinnati. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's probably the thing to love most about the Mets is like the electric atmosphere when he comes out to that trumpet. Oh music. yeah, he, he's having an amazing year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are saying some crazy things like, "Oh, it's like when Mariano Rivera was pitching for the Yankees." Um, I mean, maybe it feels like that when he comes out, but you know, he doesn't have the longevity, obviously. But yeah, it is. You do. It's amazing. It's amazing because I don't think the Mets have had a dependable closer since like John Franco. It's been a long time. Like, Jur- you know, like Juris Familia. <laughs> not a Familia guy. You know, even when they had Billy Wagner, who was overall a good pitcher, it was just you, you couldn't trust him. No, because it was like tail end of his career, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess the last team that's sort of interesting to talk about is the Baltimore Orioles. Um, only yeah. because they're still playing well, and they have like two top prospects on their way up from looking at top prospect lists. Seems like they kind of we're able to turn the franchise around and, and I, I respect that they, do you think they should have traded uh, Mancini at the deadline? Uh, it's so hard because I mean, what are they, what are they trying to do? You know, like mm-hmm. are they trying to squeeze out a playoff run now to the detriment of future seasons when these young guys are in their prime? I think probably not. Right. This is like a very like, you know, we've talked about, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Like these questions of like, how worth it is it to just make the playoffs and get your skull crushed in, in the first round? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think in their place, I would have done the same thing. Like if this guy's not going to be part of the next actual contender, Let's get some value. Right, and that's what they did. And so I think the worst thing they could have done was to try to, like, trade prospects for win-now moves. Oh, yeah. That would have been... Um, that would have horrendous. been a Sacramento Kings kind of thing. Yes, the opposite absolutely. Of that. And uh, good for them. And, yeah, I, I, if I was an Orioles fan, I would have been pissed if they went that route because it's just like you're, you're burning... De- you finally have something actually going. You finally have something that like looks promising. Don't, 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 you know, make the short sighted move. And yeah, I wonder like, you know, I guess there's no way to be sure, but like how much, if the Orioles actually became like a real contending team in the next few years, how much people would look back and be like, man, moving that wall back and making it a more of a pitcher's park made such a difference Mm. for, because it just feels like, generation after generation of young top pitching prospect would come up there get absolutely mashed because it's a hard division anyway. And then their confidence is shot and they're horrible. Like look what happened to Kevin Gaussman once you got him out of there. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is an interesting thing and it could have made such a huge difference. Good on them for making that decision. Yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I think the the Rockies have tried like moving the fences back, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I mean, my understanding of that park is it's not even the homers; it's just that all the other balls that drop in, like right, and the outfield is it's it's actually a pretty big outfield. Yeah. So so there's just so a lot like, of doubles and stuff. Yeah, and then like, what do you do? You move in the fence to be like, well, let's give the outfielders less space to cover and then the ball start going over the wall more so, <laughs> so there's, there's no winning there yeah they just have to sell the team yeah or move it move it to mexico city another the, place the other alta, high altitude place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um all right any any other baseball pieces of news or <laughs> any nudes <laughs> on your mind other pieces of baseball news on my mind. Um, not really. I mean, I have been thinking about, and I think it's a good thing, but like, I feel like we used to have this like period in September that was like, or even like right now where it was like all the top prospects came up. And I do think it's really cool that like, it's going to sound, I guess, maybe kind of counterintuitive, but it's cool that we have less to look forward to in the next few weeks in terms of <laughs> prospects because it means that they actually got to play this season. Like, they got okay. called up early. Uh, so that, Oh, sorry. Go I was ahead. Say, this is a result of, this is probably where you're going with it, of the changes they made to the, like, uh, service time rules. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think you can actually see the effects of that already, which is cool. Yeah, and great great for the players. Probably great for us for the whole season. Like, Julio Rodriguez has been amazing to watch. Yeah. Bobby Witt, too. He's yeah. been a very fun player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, those guys. Man, they, you, they got to be... Um, it's, it's probably... I'm sure it's exciting to be a Mariners fan right now. Even oh, though, yeah. And now they have it's, Luis Castillo, but he's, is he a free agent after this year? I want to say he has one more year, but I'm honestly not sure. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be in the playoffs this year, so that's exciting. And they've got a few good young players. Yeah, that's a very fun team. And also, you know, I guess it was sort of the same thing with Francisco Tatis before all his troubles, but like, Julio Rodriguez is like such a, a fun right. personality to have on your team. And like, just sort of, I feel like embodies like almost that old, like Ken Griffey Jr. Like baseball mm-hmm. is fun sort of spirit. So <laughs> yeah. That also just, yeah. I mean, not just this year, but the last few years, there's a lot of young players in the game right now that have like star, star level charisma. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tatis was one of them. Uh, Otani and Vlad Jr. and um, Aaron Judge. He's not young, but still is like has yeah. like star power. It's true. Or like you know, also not young, but like I saw um, one of those mic'd up games with Francisco Lindor. He's like very fun. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if, if the Mets do win a World Series this year, like his. The rest of his the, the nine remaining years on his contract, it's just gravy. Like they'll be fine with it. Yeah, it's gonna be such a weight off his shoulders. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, especially like the way they've spent 
almost unfairly at this point, he's just like the face of it where it's like, Hey, like if Pete mm-hmm. Alonso ate shit in the playoffs, that would severely hinder the Mets ability to win. People still probably would be mad at Lindor. Yeah. Have they extended Alonso? So, no, I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. Um, but I'm sure they will because he is a fan yeah. favorite. And DeGrom is a free agent after this year, right? That's right. And yeah. he's like 35, so it's weird. Yeah, he's one of those guys who came up really late. Yeah. Think, it'll, good late. it'll be interesting to see what they do with with DeGrom. Um, but yeah. it, it's I always like it when the Mets are good because, New York, I don't know, New York – really gets into it and it is in a way that's different from when the Yankees are good. It's like, it's a lot yeah. more fun. Uh, and you see it with Edwin Diaz entrance. Yeah. They're just like, I feel like plucky in this way. Cause they don't win all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I know the Yankees haven't like been big winners recently, but, but they're always they just, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the fans and like seemingly the players are like just so delighted to be there and playing with that kind of joy. Yeah. And especially like that whole Will Palm legacy of like being in New York and not spending money. And so <laughs> yeah. now it's like, oh shit, they're actually like, they're trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we go, um, is, is your friend Frankie Dip around? Check. Yeah. Frankie? Frankie? Oh, rooting around in my trash cans again, are you, Frankie? Larry wants to talk to you, Frankie. Oh, hello, Larry. Frankie, so good to see you. How you doing? Oh, you know, always on beat. <laughs> always on beat and yeah. never in heat. Well, talk to my vet about that. Yeah, talk to your vet. Uh, and, you know, the, actually, what do you think about the expression dog days of summer? Hate it. Hate it, yeah. And you probably hate the heat that's happening in these days. I despise the heat, but what I love is how stinky the fish get. True. Very true. The the hotter the heat, the stinkier the fish. So true. The big mounds of sardines mm. in Dallas. They <laughs> scooped up. Oh, and that humid heat of Dallas. So, um, I was going to talk to you because... One of the things I was looking forward to this summer, or come September, is the FIBA Eurobasket tournament, where Frank was going to play for Team France, but he apparently left the team with an injury. I'm not exactly sure what, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm taken aback by it. How do you feel about the fact that he's not going to be competing in Eurobasket? Well, it's good news for me because uh, I don't have to go with the little cat carrier and sneak myself onto an airplane. Right. Because he's my livelihood at this point. I wouldn't live if he wasn't flipping me sardines <laughs> off of his little Vespa. <laughs> yeah, those flights, those transatlantic flights, too, are kind of brutal if you have to stay in a cat case the whole time. Tough. Tough. Yeah. You just, it's way better to just be digging around through trash cans. 
you know, I keep hearing this stuff about how airplane food is bad. I've never even seen airplane food. <laughs> it doesn't exist. And I mean, come on today where they charge you for carry-ons and they don't even give you food anymore. Yeah, the airline industry is a crock of shit. <laughs> it sure is. Frankie knew it. I could tell you, I saw him mm -hmm. zipping around on his moped, doing wheelies. Ooh, Fernando Tatis style. Fernando Tatis style. I'm not even sure he was injured. I think he just didn't want to get on an airplane. Oh, very possible. That's uh, a little scandalous, but as a Dallas native, or not Dallas native, but a Dallas resident, you got to be happy he's he's at least he's healing up that ankle or that groin or whatever it is for the for the Mavs season coming up. Yes, it's true. Big things happening for Frank the Franks in Dallas this year. <laughs> I can tell you that. Absolutely. I mean with um no more Jalen Brunson, so maybe more Screw playing him. time for Frank. Screw him. Screw Screwed Jalen Brunson and his ball hogging ways <laughs> and his fish hogging ways. <laughs> the amount of times I've seen Jalen Brunson step out of his Lamborghini with two McFish sandwiches and not share a single one. Good riddance. That's just, that's like rubbing it in your face, but not rubbing it in your face because rubbing it in your face would kind of be nice. Keeping it from my face. Ugh, yeah. And the nerve of him. Jalen Brunson decided to go with number 11 on the Knicks, which you remember you were on this show a year ago when we retired his number. Yes. Very rude. Very jealous and petty. Very jealous and petty. Get back in your Lamborghini. Um, yeah, and I guess before you go, do you have any music you've been working on? Um, yes, actually, I've got a little something. Let me just grab my instruments. Oh, freak! Oh. Okay, here we go. Germany redeemed the new get out of town, Jalen Brunson, you fucking dork. Take your Lamborghini down, 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 down. I'm on out of town. That was I liked that, and that was kind of different from it's. It seems like you've you're experimenting with new styles. A little bit. I'm going more toward um uh, a country pop. Yeah, I, I heard a lot more guitar and a little less saxophone. It Dallas rubs off on it you. It does. Yeah, just like like fish rubs off your face when you're being nice with your fish fillets. Yeah, instead of being a freaking fish hog. <laughs> I plan to go to Madison Square Garden once a year and scream fish hog from the <laughs> seats. I'll be listening he, for it. He'll know what he did. Yeah, three. there will be three people in the world who know what that means. Yeah, The three people who matter. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm glad to be one of those people who matter. All right, Frankie, any, anything you want to plug before we end this episode? Um, I want to plug uh, the armorycomedy.com. Uh, I haven't been in quite some time, but I've heard that they're doing improv and 
soon sketch. I believe mm. their first sketch show is September 13th. You'll definitely want to check that out. Uh, and also automatic litter boxes. <laughs> yeah. Saving me a lot of embarrassment. Sure, sure. I mean, not everybody lives outside and um, mm. when you're indoors and, you're, and, you're, and your owner is just being a, a fish hog and just paying attention to their own stuff and their cars and whatnot, automatic litter box, way to go. Long coveted, you know, like I go out, I see these people in these Italian restaurants shitting into <laughs> robots from their seat. And I say, why can't I poop into a robot too? Instead, I poop on the floor and get thrown out. Mm. <laughs> They're like, all right, get out of here, you bum. That's exactly what they say to me. Mm. Not not very respectful to one of the, uh, to a generational talent like you. That's what I say to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, make sure to tell your friend Marcus. Thank you. And to everybody else out there, you could follow at Larry the Athlete on all social media. And you could subscribe to Larry No Sports wherever you get your podcast. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder.